0: Doing a Titanic-themed episode means we sort of have to talk about the elephant in the room here, Jess, which is the Ocean Gate submarine tragedy. Mm -hmm. We've gotten a lot of requests to cover the Titanic on this show. And so in planning for this season, we thought, okay, let's do a Titanic conspiracies episode. This will be kind of our response to that request. We had no idea that something like this could, you know, be happening in real time. Uh, Another tragedy, as you know, this was a submarine that had a group of tourists on it to go look at the Titanic wreck and um, they ran into complications. As we record this message to you, it's June 22nd, so we're only still getting information in about this, right, Jess?
1: Yeah. We recorded our Titanic episode May 30th. Yes, so weeks before all this Mm -hmm. happened. It is 4 p.m. Central Time. And we're just now getting information that, yeah, they have found debris next to the Titanic, which they think they found kind of the top of the submarine down there. And I think they're they're calling it here soon. So it mm-hmm. doesn't look promising, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. It is a really horrific time right now for all these aquatic tragedies there's also the the boat carrying migrants and refugees from libya to italy that mm-hmm. sank in greek waters there mm-hmm. it's just you know a bunch of stuff that we obviously hope wasn't happening and the timing with this episode is is really you know another like weird coincidence
1: but we just wanted to let everyone know that just as like a, you know, beginning little disclaimer before we jump into the Titanic that we feel for everybody and we're thinking about you and we hope none of this comes across as insensitive in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, We're
0: just going over some, you know, conspiracy theories of the Titanic. Yeah. And uh, with all that, here is the episode.
1: This podcast covers mature, intense, morbid, and sometimes just scary stuff. Listener discretion is advised. We all know what happened when the unsinkable Titanic sank into the bottom of the North Atlantic, or do we? Welcome to 30 Morbid Minutes.
0: This is the podcast where we explore topics of a morbid, macabre, dark, and downright grisly nature. I'm Elise Williams. I'm Jessica Basami. 1,492 go down to their death in loss of the world's greatest liner.
1: Mistress of the ocean was conquered by master of the sea. Tale of peril, self-sacrifice, weird terror, and heroism. These were just a few of the
0: headlines and newspapers across the globe in the weeks of April 1912. Safe to say we are all familiar with what happened on that fatefully cold night, April 15th, 1912. The RMS Titanic, the British passenger liner operated by the White Star Line, sank to the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean.
1: A floating iceberg proved to be the kryptonite needed to sink the unsinkable Titanic. And we all watched as Jack sacrificed himself to the freezing ocean for Rose. That was... That was the movie from nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he I, he could have gotten on that door with it. We her. know that debate. Okay. We know it. We've all had we've we all, all had it. it.
1: We've all had the debate with each other.
0: Yes. And I but I think this movie, aside from being pretty well directed by James Cameron and having two huge Hollywood stars in it, it also really, really appealed to uh you know, and it, people who wanted an engaging and thrilling and tragic story because it was all those things in space. It really was. It was a great movie. It's a good movie. It's a long movie. It was the double D- VHS box oh, set. for sure. If you recall. Oh, for sure.
1: Devin, my partner, he said that he would always watch the first set, just the the first VHS and not the second because he liked the love story better. <laughs> oh, I love that. He didn't want to see the tragedy no, happen. No, I mean, well, he he definitely of course seen it but he's like I already know what happens the boat sings yeah. and they're drowning the
0: entire time it's like, it's like cut it when he draws yeah. her you know <laughs> oh, yep. that, yeah that, that's yep. there. yeah so the sinking of the Titanic is one of those events that everybody knows and what makes it so unique was it was one of the first opportunities for the media to kind of Reflect on and recreate a tragedy of this scale in real time. Yeah,
1: when you think about it, the story has everything, had everything. Death, destruction, luxury, tragedy. Every newspaper splashed the sensational story across their
0: headlines in the days and weeks to follow. Mm -hmm. People are getting their newspapers across the country for the first time. The public cannot get enough. In fact, the disaster is often noted as a key historical event impacting how news industries would then go on to exploit tragedies in the future. And it makes total sense. Also, the story of this liner could never sink. It's massive. It costs so much. And boom, it sinks. It's so many lives lost. It's it's an attention, a headline grabber. Absolutely. And by using innovative photography, dramatic personal
1: testimony, and Minute by minute, telegraph updates, journalists in 1912 were able to palpably recreate the panic of that night, even
0: if it was not entirely true. Yes, and they did so with expedient technologies that created an immediacy to the tragedy. So that also, while giving people the news in an instant, it created a lot of inaccurate reporting and we know from inaccurate reporting, misinformation, some nebulous facts, from that you often breed conspiracy theories. We sure do. And today we
1: are diving into the very juicy Titanic conspiracy theory still
0: floating around over a hundred years later. Yes. And I think the the love affair with this tragedy also it just people are so obsessed with the story, they want to think that there's more to it than there is because it's, uh, how do we reconcile such massive tragedy we think well there must be more to this story right yeah and it's almost in a weird way romanticized in a yeah. messed up strange way absolutely i think that's that's a big thing about uh, the, you know I, I think us who we are interested in history we're interested in these these topics that are a little bit more morbid or a little bit more outside the realm we kind of, I know I enjoy, I don't buy into them, but I do enjoy reading a conspiracy theory sometimes, depending on what it is. They're entertaining. And something I think we do on this podcast, hopefully effectively, is we try to say, okay, well, we'll look at it and we'll enjoy it, but then we'll debunk it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but before we get into deep about these theories and the misinformation spread about the sinking of the ship, let's go over some background information. The Titanic, as most people know, we've mentioned, was owned and operated by the White Star Line, which made not one, but three Olympic-class luxury ocean liners.
1: The plans for the three gigantic ships started in 1907 by White Star Line's chairman, J. Bruce Ismay, and the American financer, J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan also controlled the White Star Line's parent company,
0: the International Mercantile Marine Co., if there was one word to sum up the Titanic, it would be "quote unquote" competition, because it was meant to be the biggest, fastest, most luxurious form of travel, blowing all of similar ships out of the water, it's literally and figuratively. Yes, li-
1: yeah. The Titanic, though, had a twin, a luxury liner named the Olympic. The third ship was the HMHS
0: Britannic, and at the time, the Titanic was the largest ship on the water. It was huge and it's hard to contextualize and really imagine how big it was but it was 6 airplanes long there were 10 decks on the ship total 8 of them for passenger use
1: yeah and you know it's so crazy because while that is big it's it is a big uh, boat just in general there are obviously now in days bigger boats bigger cruise yes. ships so it's so interesting to see them side by side now
0: yeah it's dwarfed by modern cruise absolutely. ships absolutely
1: but for back then it was yeah huge yeah The Titanic was meant to be a high-class hotel on the water. There was first class, second class, and third class. First class, as we know, had all the good stuff, including a
0: deep saltwater swimming pool, a gym, and a French sidewalk cafe. However... Designers did not put any lifeboats in the first-class area of the deck because they thought it would obstruct the view. They definitely went for style over, um, you know, substance in this one. Mm -hmm. And it cost lives. People died due to these lifeboat shortages, as we know. Second-class rooms were pretty
1: spacious in comparison to other ships. Second-class also, you know, had a library, a smoking room, and even a barbershop.
0: And third-class was maybe subjectively not so bad, White Star Line made sure that third-class cabins had uh, privacy, they could hold up to 10 people, women, children, and couples even got real bed linen. So that was kind of uncommon for the time, but but now we'd be like, wait, I get real bed linen? I guess that's a (laughs) perk? Okay. (laughs) Yes.
1: Third-class was located in a pretty undesirable part of the ship. Passengers could hear the loud engines and the walls were steel ship sighting, but there was a dining room,
0: a smoke room, and a, and a bar with nailed down card tables. It's where Rose goes down to fraternize with Jack <laughs> and the the lowly third class passengers. Yep. But she can dance; she can stand on her toes. And it's more fun down there. It looks yeah. way more fun down there. <laughs> it looked way more fun down there. They were having parties, yeah, betting, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and. Honestly, like there are a lot of really amazing details about the ship that if you want to do a deeper dive into the aesthetics, go online and read about it. The Titanic's been talked about ad nauseum, like there's nothing too new that I think we could say. So I think a lot of people listening are coming into it with that background. So why don't we just go straight to the big day, April 15th, 1922.
1: Yep. The Titanic's maiden voyage began on Wednesday, April 10th, 1912 out of Southampton, England. It had been declared seaworthy only six days earlier. In fact, the last rivet was
0: put in place just a week and a half before setting sail. An interesting fact, the Titanic was equipped with state-of-the-art radio telegraph equipment, a state-of-the-art for the time. The Marconi transmitter was brand new and gave the boat a distinctive musical tone, which would be easily distinguished when calling other liners. So it's like if you have like a ringtone set for your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the radio transmitter
1: was one of the strongest in the world with the ability to reach over 350 miles, which came in handy
0: when the Carpathia uh, finally reached the survivors. On April 14th, 1912, the Titanic's radio operators received six messages from other ships warning of drifting ice, which probably doesn't feel like much of a threat to the unsinkable ship. mm Not all of these warnings, though, were relayed to the crew because the radio operators were Marconi employees, not actual crew members.
1: Actually, the ice conditions of the North Atlantic had been the worst in 50 years. Survivors recall noticing the increasing
0: amount of floating ice. And the ship had only been out to sea for four days when at 11.40 p.m., Frederick Fleet, the boat lookout, spotted an iceberg. This poor bastard. Yep, poor guy. First Officer William Murdoch ordered the ship to be steered
1: around the iceberg, but they did not reduce their speed, which was nearly topped out at 22
0: notches. So much tragedy could have been avoided just by being more cautious. Of course. Uh, Though the high speed of the Titanic was later reported as reckless, it was actually a common maritime practice to, like, speed ahead and simply depend on the lookouts. But I can imagine if you're a lookout, there's probably a certain amount of pressure. For sure. Or you're like, oh, well, this is how we do it, so I should probably just say it's fine. And the Titanic tried to change course, but... As we know, it was too late.
1: The starboard side of the Titanic hit an iceberg, which ripped open a series of holes below
0: the waterline of the ship. The hulls seemed buckled and separated, which allowed the water to rush in with force. And because of the way the ship was built, it was unable to survive If more than four airtight compartments were flooded, five became flooded. This is a big thing in the movie, too. They talk about these compartments.
1: Yeah, the water quickly filled all five compartments, pulling the ship downward. The Titanic began sinking bow first.
0: And nobody was prepared, including the crew. There were only enough lifeboats to hold about half the people on board Women and children, of course, prioritized and loaded onto lifeboats.
1: And as the Titanic descended into the water, the ship's band played the song "Near
0: My God to Thee." Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of like lore and reverence mm-hmm. around this band that the you know the band played on. They kept playing even though the ship was sinking. Yeah. And then around two in the morning, the sinking suddenly increased, and the back of the ship went completely vertical, coming straight out of the water. At two twenty a.m., the ship was fully submerged.
1: All remaining passengers and crew were plunged into the freezing water. Most of them died within 15, 20 minutes from cardiac arrest, drowning, or freezing.
0: Kicker, too. There's, there was room for about 500 more people in these lifeboats, but only about five were pulled on into these boats after the fact. Mm-hmm. And the movie does a really good job of
1: kind of explaining that and mm-hmm. uh, whatnot. But all in all, the Titanic held... 1,327 ticket-holding passengers on its maiden voyage. 324 passengers were in the first class, out of which 122 died. 285 passengers were in second class, and 173
0: died. Ugh. And then third class, of course, suffered the most casualties. 709 third-class passengers, 535 of them drowned. And not to mention the 885
1: crew members on board, of whom... 679 died. That brings the death toll to more than 1,500 people.
0: And the sinking of the ship revealed the full scope of human bravery, self-sacrifice, cowardice, and negligence, which created this fever pitch of public interest and, of course, misinformation. Which
1: brings us to the conspiracies, which, if I'm being honest, I did not know about these Titanic conspiracies. Again, I just took this situation at face value and was like, this is what happened. I didn't know that other people had other thoughts, but I shouldn't be
0: naive to ever think that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think since the invention of the internet, especially, uh-huh. has given it a platform for conspiracies. And I was familiar with some, like, for example, we'll probably get to it, but this the, swi- the ship's being switched. And I, like I said, I think that whenever these, these big events or tragedies happen, it's, of course, it's like JFK shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a second gunman or... The World Trade Center oh, yeah. was the government response. Like uh-huh. there are, it, it always breeds these other avenues for like what really happened.
1: Yeah, which can be good and bad because there's it's good that we are thinking more about this because again, you can't always take things at face value sometimes. It's good to like look at everything from all sides. But then there's some it's like that's pretty
0: far, far yeah. out there. <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah, you don't want to give too much credence to it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, kicking it off. Among those who perished with the ship was William Steed. He was a famous newspaper editor and was traveling to see President Taft at Carnegie Hall in New York. And Steed was a big believer in spiritualism and curses.
1: And on the night the Titanic sank, Steed chatted through an 11-course meal
0: telling stories of a cursed mummy. Ooh, People listened to the respected newspaper man with awe. And I I can imagine he's probably like a really great storyteller. Mm -hmm. You know, he works in a newspaper. Allegedly, a mummy in the British Museum was causing destruction in London. All who came in contact with the mummy had perished.
1: Following this elaborate last meal, Steed retired to his chambers. The next time he was seen was on the
0: Titanic's deck as the ship was sinking. Survivors though recounted how Steed helped several women and children into boats and he even gave his life jacket to another passenger.
1: Rumor has it he was last seen alive by Philip Mock, who said Steed was clinging to the side
0: of a life raft with John Jacob Astor IV. Yeah, the Astors being pretty famous mm-hmm. family aboard the Titanic. Mock said their feet became frozen and they were compelled to release their hold, both of them drowned. Steed's body was never recovered though.
1: The survivors who overheard Steed's tale of the cursed mummy told the New York world. The media picked it up immediately. But was the curse the reason the ship sank?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, we've talked about mummy curses on this podcast before. (laughs) And we've talked about how especially like around this time or late Victorian era, there was so much of this this fascination with Egypt and mummies. Mm -hmm. And so I could see why this would gain a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. And this particular mummy in question was the British Museum's unlucky mummy. So already, we're starting there from a deficit. (laughs) From from a deficit? It's not like it's it's the lucky mummy, (laughs) you know. And uh, we've talked about this this before on the podcast, I believe, Amun-Ra, the creator of the universe and king of the gods.
1: Yes, some believe the mummy was smuggled aboard the Titanic and put in a lifeboat. (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah, because you think about it. It's like, what? <laughs> but, I mean, you'd think someone would notice a 3,000-year-old corpse next to them. But, hey, you know, sometimes I don't
0: notice. I, I'm sure there was all kinds of crazy stuff <laughs> being transported on the ship, too. Sure. <laughs> so, it wouldn't it be out of the question that maybe some artifacts were being— We know that there was a car, Jack and Rose, mm-hmm. steaming it up. <laughs> but, yeah, the the putting it in a lifeboat seems pretty far-fetched. <laughs> it does. Yeah, some people even link the mummy's curse to Egyptian artifacts brought aboard by survivor Molly Brown, a.k.a. Kathy Bates' character in Titanic. She was planning to deliver them to a museum in Denver, so the story goes.
1: Yeah, however, the hole in the story is that the unlucky mummy is still at the British Museum to this day, so. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I think his, his bandages would have gotten pretty waterlogged. For sure. To honest, Yeah. The mummy curse has been debunked, but it didn't stop the Washington Post from running a headline titled Ghost of the Titanic, Vengeance of Hoodoo Mummy Followed Man Who Wrote Its History.
1: Yeah, there's a chance Steed was cursed, just not by a mummy. Steed had often claimed that he would die from lynching or drowning. He published two
0: stories that seemed to actually predict his fate. Gosh, so it sounds like this guy was just a soothsayer who was trying to cover all of his bases. That's a good way to put it, just covering all the bases. One article from 1886 was titled, How the Mail Steamer Went Down in Mid-Atlantic by a Survivor. Another from 1892 was titled, From the Old
1: World to the New, which is about a vessel called the Majestic, which rescues survivors of a ship that collided with an iceberg, which is, yes, very creepy.
0: It is creepy, but I feel like one of the biggest threats to a ship in the Atlantic is probably icebergs, right? For sure. And and I mean, if this was, I don't know the
1: details, but if this was like a common No, it was the first of its time, wasn't it, to make the 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 first like from London to New York, that transatlantic yes, voyage? Yes, that big voyage.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I so, mean, I guess if you're sailing around yeah, the Arctic. True. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm skeptical of this one. <laughs> And uh, yes, okay, so our next conspiracy, we mentioned him just a few minutes ago, John Jacob Astor IV, the man seen clinging to a lifeboat with steed.
1: Yeah, at the time, John Jacob Astor IV was one of the richest real estate developers in the world. In fact, he was the richest passenger on board the Titanic. In 1912, his net worth was 87 million. So that's
0: about like 2.44 billion in today's money. He was loaded. (laughs) Loaded. Uh, He was a business magnate, a real estate developer, a writer, an investor, a lieutenant colonel in the Spanish-American War, and... Some would say pretty handsome. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, Jess, you probably would have uh, sidled up to him on the Titaners, as you call it. <laughs> titaners. <laughs> yep, the Titaners. <laughs> Astor built
1: the famous Waldorf Astoria Hotel, which would serve as headquarters for the investigation into the sinking of the Titanic, coincidentally. Oh,
0: my gosh, the irony of mm-hmm, that. hmm When he was 47, Astor married Madeleine Force, who was only 18. Okay, he just became immediately less attractive. Ew. She became pregnant while traveling on their honeymoon, and they wanted the baby to be born on U.S. soil.
1: So, they boarded the Titanic along with their beloved dog, Kitty. Yes, a dog named Kitty. Shortly after the Titanic hit the iceberg, Captain
0: Smith told Astor to wake his wife up. They needed to get on a lifeboat. Astor woke up his wife, but told her it wasn't a biggie. <laughs> no big deal. They even played on some of the mechanical horses in the gym while the boat was beginning to sink. Which, to me, also probably comes from this notion of, well, you're wealthy, you get everything always, yeah. there's this, like, entitlement, you feel like you can never die, let's go play in the gym while this boat is... Uh. Yeah. And it has it, Astor even sliced a lifeboat with a penknife
1: because he wanted to prove that there was no danger. He declared to his wife, we're safer here than in that little boat.
0: Finally, finally, after some time and things got more and more dire... Aster put his wife and their maid into lifeboat number four. He asked to join her because of her delicate condition. But thankfully, the crew stepped up and were like, absolutely the fuck not. Uh, All women and children need to be on these lifeboats before any men could be admitted. So again, like, I feel like that sense of entitlement... Mm-hmm. you know yeah and after placing his wife uh
1: in the lifeboat he helped two other women take the last remaining seats the last time madeline saw her husband was at 1:55 a.m. as he stood alone on the starboard wing smoking a cigarette
0: and we're going to hear what happened to madeline and her maid and what the conspiracy theory around the Astros is right after a word from our sponsors
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear.
0: No, yeah, maybe you are trying to change careers or you are having a conflict with your partner and you just don't really know what choices to make or you're not really sure how to resolve that conflict. I think you and I have both been there, Jess, where you've had something going on in life And you don't really know what to do. I've definitely been there like professionally where I'm met by options and it just feels overwhelming.
1: Yeah. And like trusting yourself to make all these decisions with a bunch of things going through your mind that aligns with your values. It's just, you know, you have to practice it and the easier it gets. And you know, that's where better help comes in.
0: Yes. That is why therapy with better help can help put you on a path where you feel confident and excited about the choices that you are making and how you're staying connected to what you really want in life. I know we've both done therapy, Jess, and seen these broader benefits in our lives and in ourselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've uh I actually am probably going to be going back soon. I went to therapy for three years and it helped me tremendously. So it's been about a year and a half of not going to therapy and boy, have I felt it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if you're thinking of starting uh, therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's, you know, entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
0: Yeah, you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp.
1: Visit BetterHelp.com slash 30MM today to get 10% off your first month.
0: That's BetterHelp, slash 30MM. Thank you, BetterHelp. Jess, I love to be outside and to be doing things and and doing activities like biking or running And it's just so bright here in L.A., which I love. I love the sun, but it can be hard on my eyes. And also just to go outside and be squinting constantly is no fun. No, it's not. That's why we need sunglasses, a pair of sunnies, (laughs) maybe specifically from Shady Rays. Absolutely. Shady Rays, believe it or not, has premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Yes,
1: they are also an independent sunglass company that offers sunglasses that are every bit as quality
0: as any expensive pair that you've worn, and Jess, we've talked about this before because I have the shady rays, no tangle aviators, which means that if you put them up on top of your head, they're not going to get stuck in your hair or tangled. I have some other shade. you and I have the same color of shady rays that we both mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. too stone, yeah, because they they like they look expensive despite being affordable. Uh, right. Oh, oh yeah,
1: 100%. They look expensive. And and also, like, if you're like me and probably like you, you sit on your glasses. You might throw uh-huh. them. You yeah. might lose them. Yes. You just, just anything awful could happen. But Shady Ray's has a wild protection plan where their sunglasses are backed by lost and broken replacements. So, yeah, if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. That is unheard of.
0: That's nuts. I know. Yeah, which— You know, they're so durable and have super clear optics. So you're already getting a really, really quality pair of sunglasses here. Plus, every purchase supports the Shady Rays Impact Program, which means that they work directly with nonprofits and communities to make adventure accessible for all walks of life. Very cool. Good on you, Shady Rays. Mm -hmm. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code 30MM for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Back to the show. So we were talking about Madeline Astor who joined this lifeboat and then John Astor, we know, perished in the icy waters of the Atlantic. But Madeline, her nurse, and her maid all survived. Astor and Kitty did not. Of the 1,517 people who died, only 333 bodies were recovered, and Astor was one of them.
1: He was identified by his initials that were sewn inside his clothes. Four months after the Titanic sank, Madeline
0: gave birth to his son, John, Jakey, Astor the sixth. So here's where the conspiracy comes in. And I, this is a big one. <laughs> Some theorists believe that Astor's death was the result of a murder plot. The Titanic was carrying some of the richest, most powerful men in the world, except for one key one, J.P. Morgan. Some people believe that J.P. Morgan, who owned the International Mercantile Marine, which owned the White Star Line, had sunk the Titanic on purpose.
1: Ooh, at the time, Morgan was pitching the controversial Federal uh, Reserve Bank, Astor, Benjamin Guggenheim and Isidore Strauss were allegedly opposed to the creation of the U.S. Central Bank. Suspiciously,
0: all three men drowned. Hmm. (laughs) Morgan had booked a suite on the ship for this maiden voyage, and it was equipped with a private promenade and a bath designed to hold his cigars, but he ended up canceling the trip to stay in France and enjoy his sulfur baths.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fact that he had canceled his trip last minute made people especially suspicious that he knew the Titanic would sink. It didn't look good that Morgan had specifically invited all three wealthy men aboard, but did not invite Rockefeller or Rothschild, who approved of the Federal Reserve.
0: Mm. Only a year later, with his opposition literally drowned, Morgan created the Federal Reserve. There was even a meme that went viral in 2021, still claiming Morgan sank the ship on purpose. I feel like TikTok gets a hold of this Yeah, and they just have fun with it. it. Yeah, they really, it's just,
1: it's, it's. Fun and entertaining just to be like, ah, wasn't wouldn't this be crazy? But like, no. I mean, the <laughs> fact
0: the the fact that three of his opponents it is, died.
1: It is strange
0: for sure. But the idea that one man has enough power and influence and and to sink this ship, or maybe I mean, him thinking like, oh, there's no way this ship could manage. I don't know. It's pretty wild. But I saw it happen. I saw the ship hit the iceberg in the movie. So mm-hmm. it, you know, I saw it all. So well, yeah, I mean, I think the idea is, like, they he let them go on this ship thinking it's not going to make it's it. It's okay. Yeah. Weird.
1: However, though, this theory has been refuted by experts who say Morgan canceled his trip because France was changing rules about art exports, so he stayed back to secure
0: his treasures, and some say he was just sick. Further debunking this theory, experts never found evidence that Astor Strauss or Guggenheim opposed the Federal Reserve or that Morgan knew about the disaster before him. So maybe there's like not even physical evidence to say that these three men were opposed to the plan. Mm-hmm. It's just conjecture or
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it's it evolved in the telephone chain of history now we feel like they did or there was some off comment but we don't know concretely that they were actually opposed or wouldn't have voted it through mm-hmm. had they survived.
1: And also for three men of their like status to be on this boat I mean, this was like this was a big deal, you know, so it doesn't I don't think it's like too far to think like that they would be on the boat going to New York.
0: So, you know. I agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. But on to the next conspiracy, the fate of the Titanic may have been sealed long before hitting the
0: iceberg. About 10 days prior to departure, a fire began in one of the ship's coal bunkers. And because it was coal, it burned for several days while on the water.
1: This was not uncommon. Steamships often experience fires. Coal, when too hot, can spontaneously
0: combust, which is what happened. In order to put out the fire, the crew had to extinguish it with water Take the top coals to another bunker in the ship where it would sit on the steel ship bottom before putting it back into the furnace.
1: People have theorized that long burning coal fire reduced the structural integrity of the ship, which caused the damage to the hull to be actually way worse.
0: One author, David J.H. Smith, wrote in his book, The Titanic's Mummy, that the bunker fire was the nail in the coffin, weakening the area of impact. It
1: has also been suggested, though, that the excess burning coals caused the Titanic to gain speed despite the iceberg warnings.
0: But most experts disagree, saying the fire would not have been strong enough to completely degrade the ship. Some say the fire actually helped the Titanic stay afloat for longer. So really, who knows? Yeah, that's a weird one.
1: But continuing with conspiracies about construction, Harland and Wolf, the contractors who actually built the Titanic, were accused of using substandard materials
0: to build the ship. Allegedly, the builders used the wrong type of rivets, which literally hold the ship together. They used iron instead of steel. Hmm. The rivets in the Titanic's hull
1: were three millimeters, and since they were made with lower-grade materials, some suspect that the rivets popped off. When the ship hit the iceberg, again, this is neither confirmed
0: or denied. And then this is my favorite of all the conspiracy theories and the one that I know best of what we've talked about today. But one conspiracy suggests that the Titanic was not the Titanic at all. Boom. It's so, this one is the most interesting one because it's just
1: fascinating.
0: Yes. There are some out there who believe the Titanic was switched with its twin, the Olympic for the insurance money. Like they knew it was going to sink and they were like, switch the ships. That's so, yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's just crazy.
1: Conspiracy theorist Robin Gardner believes that J.P. Morgan sunk the Titanic to get the money because the Olympic was subpar. But this would involve
0: literally disguising the largest ocean liner in the world. How do you do that? A feat only David Copperfield. Yeah, I was like, how does he do it? (laughs) Remember when he made the, didn't he, didn't he do something where he made his ship disappear or something? I don't remember. He's, I've seen him do that with a helicopter. Oh, yeah also something that kind of pokes holes in this theory, the construction materials for each ship were marked. The uh, Titanic was 401 and the Olympic was 400 and only materials number 401 were found in the wreckage. Also, just one more thing about this conspiracy theory. A lot of people point to pictures like they show, if you go online and look up this conspiracy theory, there are pictures posted of Oh, this is the Titanic days before the the voyage. But if you look at this detail on the side of the ship, it's different than photos that show it when it's setting sail for the maiden voyage. Like, and and I think there are holes poked in those theories too. Yeah, but it it still is like fun and fascinating to read about.
1: And also, those pictures, like pictures back then, are so weird and strange and anyway
0: like and people doctored old photos too
1: exactly so i don't yeah i i hear you 100 percent um this next one is a little bit more out there the the sinking was caused by religious sabotage allegedly catholic workers in belfast were horrified when they saw the number
0: on the ship's hull yes And I would never. uh, Who would know this? But I guess you know nineteen teen Catholics. uh, (laughs) The number three nine oh nine oh four, if read backwards, spells out no pope. (laughs) So the Catholic. So apparently the Catholic workers were so angry by this they sabotaged the ship due to what they saw as horrifying blasphemy.
1: Hmm. Well, however, the Titanic's official number was. One hundred thirty-one thousand four hundred twenty-eight. So it seems, thirty-nine oh nine oh four came from literally nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I'm I'm like trying to rationalize, but also the company in Belfast hired almost exclusively Protestant workers, so this could have been a
0: theory just simply led by prejudice. It's also been proposed that there was no iceberg at all some uh wild theory that a world war 1 german u-boat torpedoed the titanic thinking it was a british ship mm. which mm. i i feel like <laughs> uh, it's just you know there are survivors that are seeing icebergs all around them
1: right? yeah and so and some survivors recall seeing a vessel lurking a few miles away and one iceberg warning was from a german boat According to the Huffington Post columnist, quote, the sub may have deliberately targeted the luxury liner or possibly accidentally collided
0: with it, end quote. Yeah, except at this time we weren't even in World War One yet. <laughs> okay, and there's no proof. Critics have pointed out that when a German U-boat attacked the RMS Lusitania in 1915, that boat sank within 18 minutes. And uh, the Titanic took way longer than that. It seemed like it was more natural damage than what a a blast would have done. For sure.
1: One thing that is noticeable is how many media outlets have reported these weird theories. Like, the Washington Post literally wrote a story blaming the disaster on an Egyptian mummy. I mean, it gives these theories an air of truth. Yeah,
0: especially when they're seemingly reputable and known publications. Absolutely. But as you know, nowadays, it's hard to (sighs) trust really yeah, anything it's hard to tell one from the other mm-hmm. in the aftermath of the disaster people were buying up newspapers riddled with misinformation some newspapers reported the titanic didn't sink at all and no one died uh some reported that it was being towed to new york i think it would be really cool to still own a copy of one of those newspapers that got it wrong right,
1: That w- <laughs> y- you're right got the, the one of on the newspapers <laughs> that actually got it wrong yeah. oh The Syracuse Herald reported the Titanic was sunk by an explosion. Another paper's headline read, four days of terrible suspense breeds wild rumors.
0: Even now, 111 years later, social media is still spreading misinformation about the sinking of the Titanic.
1: Yeah, in April of this year, this year being 2023, a viral video claimed that the Titanic was actually another ship that was purposefully sunk to collect insurance money. That video
0: got over 11 million views. (laughs) And even media outlets like the Miami Herald and Insider picked it up. Titanic historian Park Stevenson told reporters,
1: it's always out there, but now there are your trolls doing it on purpose to elicit reactions from people they can't participate in the story. So this is their method of participation, end quote.
0: On April 22nd, 1912, just 10 days after the ship sank, the Guardian, running out of London, ran the headline, The Loss of the Titanic, False News, and How It Arose. But just before that, on April 16th,
1: 1912, The Guardian had put out an article with its very own false news. That
0: article says, Conflicting news, alarming and reassuring, was current yesterday. Even after midnight, it was said all the passengers were safe. All reports, of course, depended on wireless telegrams over great distances. So yeah, that's another like mitigating factor to all this is how the news is traveling.
1: The article goes on to report, quote, a list of the first class passengers who are reported from New York to have all been
0: saved appears on page six, end quote. And imagine Mm. being someone who has a friend or family member on that ship. Yep. And you're reading this Mm -hmm. wrong report, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But the more we learn about the Titanic, the more conspiracy theories are debunked. In 1985, the public was able to see the ship for the first time when divers documented it on video the Titanic was confirmed to have broken in half, corroborating the testimony of many survivors.
1: Over six weeks in the summer of 2022, Atlantic Productions dove to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean to create the first ever 3D image of the Titanic disaster. You can actually see the graphic online. It is
0: absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I get why James Cameron was so into this. Same. 100% same. And I do wonder some of the discoveries we've made about it, like, would we have if he hadn't really pushed for it? You Thank,
1: know? You, yeah. <laughs> Thank you,
0: James. Yeah. Thank you, James And of course, we mentioned it earlier, but after the ship sank, there was a pretty long and formal investigation into the sinking of the Titanic. The official findings declared that it compl- collided with an iceberg on its starboard side, and that is what caused it to sink. Mm-hmm. The investigation concluded that the tragedy was an act of
1: God, which means loss arriving from an inevitable accident. No conspiracy there.
0: Yeah. And regardless how the internet has made it easier for misinformation to spread, conspiracy theories, they've been here forever. They're going to keep being around forever. And I think we've talked about it a little bit, but it some people just like to cling to them as a way to explain really confusing or traumatic, emotionally heavy events, especially mm-hmm. when an explanation like act of God, it feels inadequate. It feels like somebody needs to be responsible or accountable in a, in mm-hmm. some way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody processes,
1: you know, information differently. Conspiracies provide structured narratives of confusing events, which in turn, you know, can help the public process one of the greatest tragedies
0: of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like 100 years later, we s- still see tragedies, events of this magnitude, conspiracy theories follow. Mm-hmm. It's no surprise also that the reporting from these newspapers helped to bolster these theories because they're respected, they're known. Mm-hmm. Um I said it before, Jess, but my favorite conspiracy theory of the Titanic is that the the ships get swapped.
1: It that that one is my favorite too, merely because it's like an action movie. You know what I mean? But but back in 1912, where I feel it's like Mission Impossible. Oh, we're gonna switch the boats. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Really? But it is it's so it is interesting and so fascinating to learn about. Um, and very entertaining, even though uh it's not real. Mm-hmm. It just isn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you want to be respectful of like the massive loss of life, you know? Absolutely. You, you want the story of these people and their deaths to be told truthfully, to to be told yes. in a, a way where it accurately represents it.
1: So when you're saying when this newspaper, I forget which one it was, is saying that everybody in first class survived, that's just not OK. No. Yeah. <laughs> because, yes, there is a family and friends out there thinking that their loved one is alive and you're giving them false yes. hope.
0: Yep. We uh so, we finally covered it on this podcast though, Jess, the Titaners.
1: You know what uh, the Titaners. And I'm glad because I really didn't know a lot about it. I never thought to go into the conspiracy theories uh, of it all just because I was like, this is what happened. And but of course, yes, you're right, every big tragedy, there's always some sort of, you know, other narrative or theories out there of what actually
0: happened. And we we've covered other stuff like this on the podcast. And I would say that this is a good companion episode to our deaths on cruise ships Mm -hmm. episode, which if you're new to the show, that's in our first season. That's a good one. It's a good one. All of our episodes are evergreen. So you can go back and listen to them and not feel like they're out of date.
1: Mm -hmm. Speaking of death on cruise ships, did you hear about the kid that jumped off the cruise ship and they can't? He's now gone? No. No i'll send it to you but yeah he did it as a dare Uh, um there's a little bit of it that's recorded i did not watch it i don't want to watch Uh, it yeah i would not either uh -uh. but yeah he um i think it was for a graduation party don't don't quote me but long story short he did the dare jumped off the cruise ship um this was at night so you see him for a little bit the there's like a um they threw out a um life preserver life preserver yep and they've been searching for the past like few days and they just they haven't found them. Oh, my gosh. So which when we do cover it, yes, a, a lot of, you know, death on cruise ships is like falling, slipping, that type of stuff. And then some of them is, yeah, jumping
0: off the boat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Feeling
0: invincible, feeling like you're on vacation. And yeah, mm-hmm. especially at night going into water at like that. Yeah. dark Water at night. No, thank you. No, thanks. No, thank you.
1: Would you ever go from New York to London by boat? Sure. Would you? Um. So nowadays, how long would that take? Let's look it up. If like I'm on a boat and it's uh, getting stormy out um, and the waves are going crazy, I will get a little seasick. But I'm just wondering how long will I need to be on that boat? And all I will think about is the Titanic because the first time I ever flew across the Atlantic Ocean to go to the UK, all I thought about was like, especially... Of course, I woke up in the middle of the night with extreme turbulence right smack over the Atlantic Ocean. And I was like, I'm going to meet my friends at the bottom over there. My friends at the Titanic here in a minute. I just know it. (laughs) You know,
0: (laughs) I'm seeing approximately a week. Okay, I
1: I, I, I could. It depends on the boat.
0: I need a lot of water slides on this boat.
1: Made after. I yeah. I don't know if I'd want to be. I've been on a Carnival cruise before, and they have a ton of screaming children.
0: That wasn't fun. Yeah. I don't. I Maybe really having a different enthusiasm to go on a cruise. No, same. <laughs> same. But you and me with a couple of parasols strolling stro- uh, hey. down near the Paris Cafe on the side of the yeah. Titanic, I could see. I'm it. down.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: I can see it. Um, well, yeah. Jess, as usual, we end this episode on a bad bye.
1: Bad bye, Elise. See you next time. Bye bye. We all know what happened when the unsinkable titaners sank into the bottom. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay.